Let's start today with what is more horrible right wing news out of Italy, where Italy is shifting dramatically to the right as the Associated Press reports rewarding Maloney's party. Now, you may say Maloney. Wait, you're you're talking about Christopher Maloney, the guy from Law and Order? No, 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 no. It has nothing to do with that. Let me tell you what's going on in Italy. Uh, The AP reports a party with neo fascist roots, the brothers of Italy, won the most votes in Italy's national elections, looking set to deliver the country's first far right led government since World War Two and make its leader, Georgia Maloney, Italy's first woman premier near final results showed Monday. Italy's lurch to the far right shifts Europe's geopolitical reality, placing a Eurosceptic party in position to lead a founding member of the EU and its third largest economy. Right wing leaders across Europe immediately hailed Maloney's victory and her party's meteoric rise as sending an historic message to Brussels. Also a report from BBC uh, with a similar assessment and similar analysis. Maloney is widely expected to form Italy's most right wing government since World War Two. Now, if you're interested in the specific policies that Maloney ran on um, and that her party ran on Brothers of Italy, uh, certainly take a look at that. It is a more or less standard package of this. You know, some call it right wing nationalism. Others say it really is neo fascist. Now, why has this been happening in Europe? Because we've seen it in Hungary. We've seen the rise of these movements in the Czech Republic and Poland and in many different places, even some of the more traditionally left wing countries like Sweden have seen elements of this right wing nationalism rise. The story that is told by the defenders, you've got your strong defenders and your soft defenders of this right wing movement. The story they like to tell is a very similar story to what those in the U.S. like to tell about Donald Trump, which is these individuals have correctly identified economic concerns and they've coalesced those who feel as though they have been left behind as open border immigration has been welcomed and on and on. And they said, look, here I am actually getting a message that makes sense, which is we need to be. It's simply about being for the people that are here. It's about being, you know, in the U.S., the story was we want a guy who's for Americans, not for China, not for the Mexicans coming in through the border. We just he's for Americans. That's what's great about Trump. And it's a very similar story that they like to tell about the rise of these movements. Hey, listen. We finally have someone who's going to speak up for Italians, not Turkish immigrants or Morocco, you know, whatever, whatever the country is, depending on where in Europe you are. There's nothing wrong with being for the French or for the Hungarians. There's just it's it's for us. It's good. That's the story that's told. However, we know that it's not really about those economic realities and economic concerns. Because we have counterexamples. You look, two really good examples are the Czech Republic and Poland. In the Czech Republic and Poland, there has been an improving economic situation by basically every measure over recent years. And yet, support for this right wing nationalist neo fascist movement has grown 
in the Czech Republic and in Poland over those years. So there, there's two possibilities. One possibility is even though the economy has been improving, a lot of people don't realize that. And so they say, no, we need these right wing nationalists. Now, that happens in the United States. People just ignorant of the reality. I mean, look at right now in the United States, despite some indicators not being so good like inflation, we are close to full employment and most economic indicators are actually quite solid. You could have the same thing in Europe. The economy is improving. People don't believe it is. So then they go, we need a neo fascist. That's one possibility. Second possibility is it's not really about the economic stuff. And in the United States under Trump, some people felt that it was the populist economic message that attracted them to Trump. But we know it was more than that. We know it was, if not creating racism and xenophobia, certainly welcoming it and saying you can all be part of this movement. And so they found a home with Trump. All of these things were really what was going on. And so propaganda is a huge part of it. Um, Fear is a big part of it. We know that making people afraid leads them to reactionary political beliefs. When people become fearful, they reflexively say, well, let's do something about that fear. Uh, Much like if you were convinced that there was a really high risk of, for example, a home invasion in your neighborhood, you would in a reactionary way be willing to do all sorts of things that maybe when you're clear headed, you wouldn't be willing to do, whether it's buying all sorts of guns or booby trapping or you know, whatever. Right. I mean, you get the idea. Fear gets us to act in ways we would not normally act. And so fear about immigrants from northern Africa has been a big factor in Europe. Us versus them ideology. The European Union doesn't have our best interests in mind. And they're going, you know, sim- it's similar to Trump stuff, right? NATO, NATO doesn't have our best interest in mind. These coalitions are bad. NAFTA's bad, all this stuff. Similar sort of sort of idea. So where we end up is with the first, presumably, assuming in the next few hours everything goes as is as it is expected to go, the most right-wing government in Italy dating all the way back to World War II. Scary stuff. And we're going to continue following this rightward, rightward trend. Big news out of the January 6th committee, the House January 6th committee investigating the Trump riots will have their next session after kind of a summer break on Wednesday. And I will try to cover that live schedule permitting the big news. And Business Insider has a good article explaining what's going on. January 6th committee members say They believe Trump was responsible for the riot and the panel might unanimously refer Trump for prosecution. This would be a really big deal. It doesn't mean he would be prosecuted. And if he were, it doesn't mean he would be convicted. And if he were, it doesn't mean he would go to prison. But let's just start where we are. The highlights from this Business Insider report, January 6th committee members Schiff and Cheney spoke about the Capitol riot investigation on Sunday. They said they both believe Donald Trump committed wrongdoing, but they said the panel will give a unanimous verdict either way when it decides whether to refer Donald Trump for prosecution. So at the tail end of this uh, committee and the series of hearings, the committee members will vote and they will say, are we referring Trump for criminal prosecution or not? And what Schiff and Cheney are saying is, it will be a unanimous verdict. We won't come out with a split verdict. We will all decide much like a jury. Um, Schiff said he will make the decision, his decision align with the rest of the committee so that they act unanimously. We operate 
with a high degree of consensus and unanimity. So there's a couple interesting things here that I want to discuss and how much we talk about this ahead of the actual decision. It's going to be limited because it's just going to be a matter of waiting and seeing. This is less about whether Donald Trump actually ends up in prison. Again, I do not believe Trump will end up in prison. I think even if you go to the end of the rainbow, to to speak metaphorically, to the conclusion to all of these criminal investigations, even in the event of a criminal conviction with a sentence as a former president, Trump will serve it out in one of his resorts. It's just he's not going to end up in prison. And for me, this is actually less about whether he even is given any prison time. That's like 10 steps away. This is more about another criminal problem for Trump as he considers running for 2024. And will it impede him from carrying out such a campaign? We already know that Donald Trump has been sued and criminally referred in New York by the attorney general, Letitia James. We talked about that last week. We know that as a result of the FBI search warrant served at Mar-a-Lago, that is likely a criminal investigation that is moving well ahead and rather quickly. That's another legal problem. We know about what's going on in Georgia, where Donald Trump, remember, he needed I need 11,000 votes. Give me a break. A probable um, uh, wrongdoing there, potentially charges. come. So the question is now with the addition um, of a potential criminal referral from the January 6th committee, is this just going to muck up his trying to run in 2024? Now, I get it. Many of you are like, oh, David, come on. Six years of this and nothing. It's bombshell after bombshell and yet nothing as we continue to see evidence of Trump's wrongdoing. I'm with you. I'm with you. And if I had to issue a defense for why we should remain cautiously optimistic and again, I'm not even sure that we should. But if I wanted to make that case, the four years Trump was in office, he was protected to some degree by his own attorneys general. He had a completely corrupt in his pocket Republican Party who, even if they didn't love Trump, they weren't going to say much about it publicly other than the rare handful of folks like you know Mitt Romney and this ridiculous, you know, some of them call it a rule. It's really sort of like a uh, what to eat, a tradition. I don't even know where the Department of Justice doesn't indict sitting presidents and some Republicans arguing the Department of Justice really shouldn't even investigate sitting presidents. So that's all gone now. So now what Trump is dependent on or reliant upon is can can corrupt judges save him. And the truth is. There could have been a federal Trump indictment anytime since January for the Mueller probe if they wanted to do that a January of 2021, but they haven't. He's no longer a sitting president. The evidence is all still available. So I share everyone's sort of skepticism, but I try to maintain some degree of cautious optimism. And in the next three months, particularly, I mean, we're only six, five and a half, six weeks away from the uh, six weeks from the midterms. There is the belief that after that, there may be action. But I, I, I'm with you guys. You know, I'm, I'm not naively wide eyed and bushy tailed uh, holding my breath for these indictments. They clearly should come. But whether they will, we will find out. Let me know what you expect. Find me on Twitter at D Pacman after the break. I'm actually going to have for you some positive examples 
of how Democrats need to be talking about the tomfoolery of the Republican Party. Stay with us. One of our sponsors today is Blue Chew, a unique online service delivering the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis in a chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. And they're giving my audience an entire month's supply for free. So if you think you could benefit from an extra boost of confidence, all you have to do is take a short quiz on their website. A licensed doctor approves your prescription. The medication comes straight to your home within days in a discreet package. No driving around to the doctor's office or the pharmacy. No waiting around. No awkward conversations with your doctor. All of Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA. The entire process is just a few clicks. Go to bluechew.com. The link is in the podcast notes, and they'll give you an entire month's supply for free when you use promo code PACMAN. That's P A K M A N. All you do is pay $5 for shipping. One of our sponsors today is BetterHelp. Uh, viewers of the show, listeners know I'm a big advocate of therapy. Uh, I think it's important to make it more accessible, remove any stigma that might be associated. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is therapy done entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. I'm a huge believer in talk therapy and BetterHelp is making it more accessible to more people. You can even find a therapist who specializes in certain areas which maybe you can't find where you are geographically. There are lots of great benefits to doing therapy online. Get it off your chest. Visit BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp.com slash Pacman show today to get 10 percent off your first month. That's better. H.E.L.P. dot com slash Pacman show. The link is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors is Little Spoon, your one stop shop for healthy, easy meals and snacks for your baby, toddler or big kid delivered right to your door with fresh, organic baby food for every stage, toddler and kids meals that even the picky eaters will love and the new line of healthy smoothies. Little Spoon has you covered. Little Spoon makes everything fresh. It's just like homemade. It's ready in mere moments. All of the recipes are delicious. They're nutritionally balanced and free of junk. Little Spoon's baby food is 100% organic and cold pressed for every eating stage for toddlers and kids. Little Spoon has the classics, mac and cheese, but they'll sneak things in like butternut squash and carrots. They have more adventurous meals, cheesy pupusas or chicken pot stickers. They're all kid approved, packed with nutrients. And Little Spoon's organic smoothies are perfect when you need something quick and easy. And the best part is kids meals under six dollars and baby food and smoothies under three dollars each. Plus, you'll get 50 percent off your first order when you go to littlespoon.com and use the coupon code Pacman 50. That's coupon code Pacman 50 to get 50 percent off your first order. The info is in the podcast notes.
Folks, memberships are available, but they're running low. Grab yourself a membership at joinpacman.com. It is the number one way to support the work we do. Every time a child or an adult gets a membership, Alex Jones cries a little bit. Oh, the bonus show where you want to make money. Yeah. Everybody else that makes money to fund themselves is bad. Imagine that every single one of these memberships irritates conspiracy theorist Alex Jones just a teeny tiny bit. If only he could monetize with valuable bonus content rather than the stuff he sells on his store. OK, joinpacman.com is the place to sign up. I've got some great video to play for you here. This is video of how Democrats should be addressing so much of the nonsense being done by Republicans. Both of these clips are from Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom of California. Now, whoa, 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 David, sir. I know you don't have to like Gavin Newsom's politics or that French laundry covid dinner during the time of all sorts of shutdown guidelines. Okay to recognize that he gets the tone and the language that Democrats have to be using. Now, it seems pretty clear that Newsom is positioning himself to run for president or for the Democratic nomination in 2024. Great. Good for him. When we get the full list of who's running, I will evaluate the options and tell you who I support. Right now, the issue is he gets that there needs to be a certain edge and ruthlessness to how Democrats go after Republicans. Check out this first clip. This is from a Texas Tribune event over the weekend where Gavin Newsom is asked about the busing of migrants that's been done as a political stunt by Texas and California. I'm sorry, by Texas and, and Florida. Um, and he morally frames the entire thing correctly. Take a listen. Look, it's clear that DeSantis broke the law. The question is, which law did he break? Did he break the laws of his own state? Did he break federal law? But one thing he did is he broke with precedent, any precedent of decency and honor. His lack of character on display He comes into another state, your state, to try to find pawns in a political game, rounds them up, sends them to an island and then fundraises off it. What does that say about his character and the character of the Republican Party that celebrated that act? of cruelty and dehumanization. So I, I called it out because I, I find it offensive and disgraceful, and I find it increasingly normalized now in the Republican Party. It's certainly well established here with Greg Abbott, who is apparently getting more attention on this topic than Ron DeSantis, and he wanted in. And, and I mean that. And that's what's happened to the Republican Party in this country. And that needs to be called out. And Ron DeSantis rightfully is being called out, but by not enough people. And that's what concerns me, particularly with the silence, the appalling silence within the Republican Party. Yeah, he is completely right. These issues need to be framed morally as the morally decrepit failures that they are by the party, the Republicans who claim the moral majority, they claim to value life and the dignity of life when you use immigrants awaiting asylum adjudication as political pawns, lie to them to get them on planes, not to Boston for jobs as they were promised, but to Martha's Vineyard as Martha's Vineyard shuts down for the winter 
and goes into off season where there's no jobs on this tiny island to make political points and to score political points with people's lives. It's not the dignity and respect for life that they claim to have. And Newsom gets it. Here's another clip of Newsom. And again, you don't have to say this guy aligns with me on every political view to recognize that there's very few Democrats that are actually talking about these issues in this way and framing them in this way. Katie Porter is really good at it. Pete Buttigieg is really good at it. There aren't that many people that are that good at what he is doing. And Newsom here making the point, DeSantis is just a bully. We didn't treat bullies kindly when I was a kid. I like Charlie Chris and I, I, I don't like bullies. But by the way, the context here is that Newsom is explaining he donated to Charlie Crist, who's the Democrat running against Ron DeSantis for governor of Florida. You want to ask what my why is in life? I don't like bullies. I don't like people that demean people. I don't like people that talk down to people. I didn't like what DeSantis said about Fauci that he may disagree with them, but to call someone pejorative terms because they're short. I mean, who the hell raised these guys? What kind of people are they? I mean, I know all of us had to, you know, sit there and suck it up and take Trump's demonization, but not everybody has to act like him. I mean, literally, I, I remember growing up and folks would have their mouths washed out with soap if they talked like this. I got four kids. I don't want these guys being models. You're attacking LGBT community, you're attacking women. I mean, this guy's so extreme. You rape and incest. Ron DeSantis talks about freedom. And a young girl's raped by her father. Doesn't have the right to her own body to make her own decisions. Sick. Spare me freedom. There's no freedom. There's no choice. So, yeah, I'm standing up just as a human being. Got to use those dollars. And I hope others of you send money to send a message that uh, if that's the future of the damn Republican Party, this country's in real trouble. And that's what we've been saying for a long time. The left has the moral high ground on so many of these issues. The left has the moral high ground on the abortion issue. The right likes to claim it for themselves. But what is important is, can you articulate it clearly? And many Democrats struggle to articulate that moral high ground clearly. And what I like about Newsom is that he is doing that. Now, we can talk about who should represent Democrats on the presidential ticket in 2024 if Joe Biden doesn't run. That's a different question than is Newsom striking the right tone and getting down to the crux, really the kernel of of truth, fundamental truth here about the disgusting nature of what the Republican Party has become. I believe that he is now. Chris has a very much uphill battle uh, in in Florida, and we've looked at the polling there. It doesn't look particularly good for Charlie Crist, but that's a different question than is this the language and the tone that Democrats should be using? I believe the answer is yes. If you disagree with me or if you agree with me, let me know. I want to hear from you. All right. Making big news over the weekend is a short video clip in which Jared Kushner, Donald Trump's son in law. Attacks or criticizes, maybe better said. Ron DeSantis's Martha's Vineyard immigrant stunt. Now, as a reminder, this is the stunt in which Ron DeSantis sent via plane migrants awaiting asylum adjudication in Texas to Martha's Vineyard, a small island off the coast of Massachusetts, lied to them, promised jobs, said you're going to Boston, you're going to get expedited uh, regular normalization of your immigration status, all these different lies, lured them there, potentially illegal using these people's uh, uh, lives essentially as political pawns. So a big deal was made of the fact that Jared Kushner went on Fox News 
And he said he was against it. He said he doesn't like what Ron DeSantis did. There is a very specific self-serving reason why he said this, and many of you already know what it is. Let's look at the clip and then discuss. I also we have to remember these are human beings, they're people. So seeing them being used as political pawns one way or the other is is very uh, troubling to me. Okay, Jared's against it. He says these are people seeing these people used as political pawns is troubling to me. Wow, that's that's true. I agree with that, right? Well, let's just think of both the hypocrisy and the real reason for this. Number one, the hypocrisy is that during Trump's presidency, he tried to do something very similar. He said uh, if there's an interview where Miles Taylor spoke about this, Trump said, let's bus immigrants from the border and put them in Democratic cities. And Trump actually wanted to Trump's idea was let's find the ones that are that are criminals and bring them to Democratic cities. So Trump wanted to do the exact same thing. There is no moral high ground here for what Jared Kushner is saying. The reason why Jared Kushner is saying this is very, very simple. In the betting markets, Ron DeSantis has now taken a lead over Donald Trump in terms of who is expected to be the Republican presidential nominee in 2024. We have seen this fight growing now for months and months. Donald Trump increasingly was furious with Ron DeSantis because when Ron DeSantis was asked about running in 2024, DeSantis didn't say, well, I would only consider running if Trump doesn't want it. Trump is mad at DeSantis because Trump wants DeSantis on his knees, uh, praying at the altar of Trump and saying, if the orange fearless leader wants the nomination, I will get out of the way. DeSantis hasn't done that, and that has caused anger for Donald Trump. And slowly but surely, over the last year, we have seen in the betting numbers. Remember, this is when people bet on who they believe will be the nominee, not polling. The betting numbers have shifted more and more and more away from being in Trump's favor to the point where now Ron DeSantis, by a small margin, is favored to be the Republican 2024 nominee in the betting markets. This is why Jared Kushner is taking the opportunity to attack DeSantis. It's not because of an actual moral conflict here where he doesn't like what it is that Ron DeSantis did because Trump tried to do the exact same thing. That's what this is about. And my hope is that it gets very, very ugly between Trump and DeSantis. My hope is that Trump wants the nomination and that so does DeSantis and that they get into a big to do and it just sabotages them. That would really be the goal. You're not going to believe this next clip. This this is just unbelievable. It I expected that it would happen, but I didn't know that it would be John Barrasso last week during a whacked interview with Sean Hannity. Donald Trump talked about telepathic declassification of documents. Donald Trump said during his interview with Sean Hannity that as president, he could think about declassifying a document and that declassifies the document. Don't believe me. You don't have to. Here's the video. It. You know, there's different people say different right. things. But as I understand, there doesn't have to be. If you're the president of the United States, you can declassify just by saying um, it's declassified, even by thinking about it, because you're sending it to Mar-a-Lago or to wherever you're sending it. There it is. Just by thinking about declassification, you can declassify documents. This is absolutely sickening. Insane. 
absurd, comical in some weird way. Well, Republican Senator John Barrasso went on ABC's This Week with George Stephanopoulos yesterday. Stephanopoulos rhetorically asks him about telepathic declassification. And Barrasso doesn't even say that's that's absurd, George. Look at this. This is unbelievable. Oh, I want to ask you about the invest investigation into Donald Trump's handling of classified information. Even though his lawyers have provided no evidence that he declassified the documents, the, Trump said this week that as president, he could declassify documents by thinking about it. Do you agree with that? I've not heard that one before, George. Like I tell you, in terms of national security, folks, he's answering it like it's a real question. He's answering it like it's a real thing. Telepathic declassification documents. We have to always use extreme caution. I'm on the Foreign Relations Committee. We deal with classified information all of the time. And really? And have you ever on that Foreign Relations Committee? dealt with the telepathic declassification of documents are always very careful. Uh, I don't know what a what anything about the rules for when a president declassifies. Yeah. I mean, maybe the rules allow te telepathic declassification. Maybe they don't documents and information. Uh, what I do know is what I'd like to see from a Senate standpoint is I'd like to see the Department of Justice come to us and show us in a classified setting what the information is, what they've done. I thought this the raid at the, at the former president's home. Uh, and now you'll see Stephanopoulos realize that Barrasso's lost the plot and try to get him back on track by saying, Senator, what I said is absurd. Never seen anything like that before, clearly, and has become Senator. political. So I want to get a briefing so that we can then be informed to see what actually happened here. That, that, that was a rhetorical question. You know that a president can't declassify documents by thinking about it. Why can't you say so? No, I don't think a president can declassify documents by saying so, by thinking about it. Why does it by saying so? No, by, by thinking about it. What is wrong with this guy? Is this guy so under the thumb of Trumpism that he can't just come out and say, George, of course, you can't think about documents and declassify them. Of course, of course, that first and foremost, I also am concerned about how the search warrant was approved. Oh, OK. Well, now we have a conversation to talk about. But 60 seconds about, well, listen, you know, we should figure out what the documents are and then determine what are the methods. We're talking about telepathically declassifying declassifying documents here. Oh, yeah, no, you can't do that. You know, that's true. I guess you can't do that. These people are off the deep end. And if you think this is bad, just wait until you see what I have coming up after the break. Remember, you can find all of these clips that we play on the show on our Instagram. Search David Pakman show on Instagram. One of the best things about being an independent show is that I can pick advertising partners that share our values and our sponsor, Sunset Lake CBD grows the highest quality CBD you can find anywhere. And it's an awesome company. It's a hemp farm outside Burlington, Vermont. I love Burlington that uses sustainable farming practices and is majority owned by its employees. Last year, Sunset Lake CBD donated over sixty thousand dollars to drug decriminalization, animal shelters, public radio stations, union strike funds nature conservation, food shelves and refugee resettlement organizations. 
I really enjoy Sunset Lakes CBD coffee, which uses Rainforest Alliance coffee beans. Producer Pat takes the Sunset Lake CBD gummies for sleep. Sunset Lake CBD also has oils, flour, topicals, you name it. A ton of people report CBD being helpful for things like insomnia or stress, sometimes pain. Go to sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code Pacman for 20% off your entire order. If you've been thinking about trying CBD, get it from a socially responsible company. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and promo code Pacman gets you 20% off everything. The info is in the podcast notes. The summer is over. Busy season is back in full force. Who has time to meal prep and cook and clean up every single day? I don't. And that's why I turn to Splendid Spoon, our sponsor. Splendid Spoon delivers delicious, ready to eat plant based meals right to my door. I'm not vegan, but I like increasing my plant intake and Splendid Spoon is the perfect way to do it. So many different reasons why an increasingly plant based diet is a great thing. You can choose from over 50 meals from breakfast smoothies and lunch bowls to noodle dinners and light soups. So much variety, vegetables, legumes, healthy fats, whole grains, spices from all over the world. One of my absolute favorites are the green smoothies. So much great stuff in them. Get started today and get one hundred and twenty dollars off your first three boxes at splendidspoon.com slash Pacman. That's S P L E N D I D S P O O N dot com slash Pacman for one hundred and twenty dollars off. Click the link in the podcast notes. All right. Many of you knew this was coming. Even right wing Drudge Report is raising questions about Trump dementia after a completely deranged and outrageous speech in Wilmington, North Carolina over the weekend. Drudge Report after Trump's completely dissembled speech saying dementing Don, dementing Don. Yes, this has now gone mainstream. Donald Trump holding a so-called rally in Wilmington, North Carolina over the weekend, which we covered live on YouTube, Twitch and Facebook at the rally. Trump didn't make any sense. And you absolutely have to see some of the things that took place. Donald Trump denied being a terrorist at the event. Understand that a former president is denying being a terrorist. That is not normal in the United States to falsely label MAGA. Make America great again. Mega. Remember what you know, they say mega, mega, mega. They don't want to say what it means. It means make America great again. Uncle Sam supporters as they want to call us domestic terrorists. Do you believe it? I'm not a terrorist. But you know what? There's great anger in this country right now. There's great anger in this country. Never forget all of this torment, persecution and oppression is not happening because of anything We've done wrong. Right. Donald Trump, as usual, taking no responsibility for anything, but denying that he's a terrorist in another really weird moment. Donald Trump said we have to keep America gay, which was another one of these bizarre glitches where you can tell that his brain and his mouth are struggling to connect in anything that we would call common sense. Uh, just take a listen to this great country. 
Remember, I was going to say, I was going to use an expression, we have to keep our country gay, but, but it's not, I mean, for some reason, it's just not great anymore. <laughs> oh, dear God, we have to keep our country gay. In all seriousness, it used to never be okay to say the country isn't the best. Remember that during the Iraq war, for example, during which I started following and covering politics. Whenever those on the left would say this really makes the U.S. look bad, this invasion of Iraq because of 9-11, even though they had nothing to do with each other after making a case with faulty intelligence about weapons of mass destruction, it makes the country look terrible globally. And the polls showed it. And Republicans would say, no, that's unpatriotic. You can never criticize this country ever, ever, ever. And now it's completely mainstream for Republicans in the Trump MAGA world to say the country's no longer great. It used to be totally unacceptable to say that. Then Donald Trump does his N word thing. And you can tell the when Trump asks the crowd, do you know what the N word is? They get really excited. The N word. You know what the N word is? It's no, no, no. Trump going no, 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 before the crowd starts yelling it out. And there were a handful of black people there that who uh, would have would have probably not loved that. Uh, But Trump has to tell the crowd, no, 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 no. I'm talking about a different N word. N word. You know what the N word is? It's no, no, no. It's the nuclear word. He mentioned the N word yesterday. You can see one one black guy over Trump's left shoulder sort of nodding a sigh of relief as Trump says, it's it's nuclear, it's nuclear. Everybody sort of relax here. Very, very strange moment. Um, And then uh, Donald Trump, again, just one of these things where it's not clear whether his mind is scrambled or the teleprompter is glitching. You know, everything they do is disinformation. They say things and they keep saying them, saying them, saying them, and people start either believing them or not believing them. There's not a lot of belief in this place with all these thousands of people going as far as the eye can see. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. And then lastly, Donald Trump again playing the ominous conspiracy music as he talks about how bad things are in the country. In this particular case, rambling about airports being dirty, I guess. We are a nation whose once revered airports are dirty (laughs) and a crowded mess where you sit and wait for hours and then are notified that the plane won't leave and they have no idea when it will. A nation where ticket prices are through the roof. They don't have the pilots fly the planes. They don't want or seek qualified air traffic controllers. Yeah. So anyway, Trump knows very little about what's going on in commercial aviation. He's flown private for like 20 years. Bonus clip, bonus clip. One of the speakers before Trump um, mentioned Joe Biden. And the crowd immediately says, lock them up. Remember, that's not due process. That's not law and order. And he wants to hire 87,000 more IRS agents to treat all of these working families like tax cheats. By the way, remember, 55,000 of the 87,000 are to replace retiring agents. It's all really not very scary when you know the facts. Come on, folks. Lock him up. Look. Remember, it is not law and order to lock up someone who hasn't even been charged with a crime. Scary stuff 
and the attendees are even scarier at Donald Trump's rally over the weekend in Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, Real America's Voice and Right Side Broadcasting and these right wing networks spoke to attendees. A truly classic moment. Ed Henry and his co-host speak to an attendee trying to make the case that there's no neo-Nazis here, right? And the attendee says, listen, I respect that neo-Nazis have a right to voice their opinion. No, there's already articles that were circulating that I was reading while he was speaking when mm-hmm. we were in between things, and they're talking about the white supremacists that were here and the, the neo Nazis. Did you see any neo Nazis tonight? Not a single one. And uh, if any were here, you know, I respect people's privacy and, and their, their right to voice their opinions. I mean, this <laughs> but is you don't right. agree with them. I don't necessarily agree with anybody. I have. I like- don't necessarily. I don't disagree with the neo-Nazis any more than I disagree with anybody else. I don't know. My own beliefs. Right. I think that this is America. and We all have the opinion to believe what we choose to believe. But dear God, and the girlfriend looks horrified, absolutely horrified. There's no neo-Nazis here, right? I don't think so. But I mean, listen, I respect their right to privacy and the right to voice their opinions. But you disagree with them, right? I, I don't know. I don't particularly disagree or agree with anybody. What complete and total backfire of the point that they were trying to make. Here's a guy interviewed before the speech who said it is baffling to him that Biden hasn't been impeached already. That Biden should be impeached for what he's done um, with with was what he did with Afghanistan, for one. Right. Um, Which is the exact same thing Trump would have done, by the way. Us leaving and not helping our our troops that are still over there today. Right. It's just it it baffles my mind that a sitting president can sleep at night um, knowing what he's done. That yeah. Biden- Jeez, this is a sad state of affairs, I have to tell you. And the interviewer there, by the way, if she looks familiar, that's one of Trump's lawyers. I mean, it, it's everything is just humiliating. Here's a guy who believes Trump is a genius. I'm going to tell you why I support President Trump. Yeah. He is a problem solver. Mm. In fact, I'm amazed of his genius. Yep. This guy can't even believe how smart Trump is and the number of problems that he has solved. And then lastly, here is a woman who, um, is really confused about like rigged elections, I guess. I mean, I think it starts from the governor. I'll say it, he's corrupt. <laughs> I don't think he won. There's no way right. when Trump and all Republicans won the down line that he won in 2020. And I, I don't care who knows that, but, <laughs> but um, you know, it's just, I feel like the state has a lot of corruption. Yep. So. All the Democrats that supposedly won in North Carolina, they didn't really win. But the Republicans clearly all did. When when a Republican won, they won fair and square, even if a lot of these folks were all on the same ballot. Weaponized. Disinformation and delusions weaponized. I don't know how you undo it. Okay, one other really quick note here. At Trump's previous rally in Ohio, We had this crazy thing where he starts playing dramatic music while he talks about how terrible things are in the US. And a lot of people in the crowd did a one finger salute. 
And we didn't know whether the idea was that it's a Nazi salute, except they're doing one finger instead of the flat hand so it doesn't look the same, or whether it's a QAnon salute because QAnon has this WW1, you know, you guys know the thing. Okay. So it turns out it's a QAnon thing. And the Trump people caught wind that it doesn't look great for there to be QAnon salutes happening at Trump rallies. So when they started playing the dramatic conspiracy music at Trump's latest rally in Wilmington, North Carolina, security actually went through the crowd uh, telling people to put down their hands. It was very, very interesting. And there's a couple of different posts about this. In this one, you see one guy with an American flag shirt with the one finger thing. And then uh, you see these security people going through the crowd. And it was widely reported that they were telling all those people to put their hands down, to put their fingers down, that they didn't want to see that. We actually have a video of this happening as well. And this is while Donald Trump is speaking. And you see some of these people with their fingers up and then you start to see the security people go through the crowd and saying, put your finger down, put your finger down. You see these people go through hands down, hands down, hands down, a bunch of them. And then the fingers come down. They clearly have realized that it doesn't look particularly good for this to be happening because it's a QAnon salute. Now, what's really funny is initially the reaction was they're just saying we're number one. Of course, that doesn't make any sense because they're saying we're number one, supposedly during the part of the speech where Trump talks about how terrible the country has become. So why would they decide to say we're number one while Trump is talking about our airports are terrible? You know, crime is rampant. The economy is terrible. Our leaders, everything's terrible. Oh, yeah, we're number one. That doesn't make any sense. So then now they're implicitly admitting that it is not a salute. That is just we're number one because security goes through the crowd when the fingers come up and they say, you got to put those fingers down. Just a little note for everybody on that particular issue. It was never the truth that they believed that they were just saying we're number one ever, ever, ever. It's a QAnon salute. It looks bad. And now they're having their literal brown shirts. It's an extra security force that wears brown shirts, go through the crowd and say, put the fingers down. These rallies have become completely dystopian. Something in your home that you use every day contributes to deforestation and climate change, and that's toilet paper. In the U.S. alone, over 30 million trees each year are required to meet toilet paper demands, contributing to deforestation, soil erosion, devastating loss of biodiversity. Our sponsor, Real Paper, makes sustainable toilet paper that is 100 percent made from bamboo. A bamboo stock keeps growing. It can be harvested forever. It means that the soil and the ecosystem aren't disrupted. No carbon removing trees are cut down. The paper industry has a massive effect on deforestation and climate change. But you alone using bamboo toilet paper can make a positive impact because for the toilet paper that just one American uses in their lifetime, hundreds of trees are required. Put an end to that right now with real paper. The best part is the stuff is really great. It's just normal soft toilet paper. Real paper loves the David Pakman show. They're giving my audience 30 percent off your first order and free shipping. When you go to realpaper.com slash Pacman and use the code Pacman at checkout, that's R-E-E-L paper.com slash Pacman. Use the code Pacman at checkout for 30% off and free shipping. The link is in the podcast notes.
All right, let's get into a couple other uh, different things. There's a clip that's been making the rounds from a Republican town hall. Republicans in the House have been doing this commitment to America agenda rollout town halls, and it's all weird. And they're trying to pretend like they care about policy again. But the policy is all just cultural issues and random nonsense. So at this event and House Minority Leader Congressman Kevin McCarthy was at this event. Um, a woman gets up, you know, a concerned mom in the audience, the the a prototypical concerned mom. And she lists a whole bunch of things that she believes are really Marxism. And in that list, she includes not bullying people, not bullying people is Marxism, according to this Republican mom, supposedly. And this is a there is so much behind this that I want to talk about it. But first, let's take a look at the clip. And you'll notice if you're watching that as she talks about this. Kevin McCarthy kind of nods along like this makes sense. There are many other public education issues concerning parents like myself. The slow creep of critical race theory, diversity, equity and inclusion, right. gender identity and allowing biological boys to enter girls spaces and sports. Now we have SEL, which is social emotional learning. Mm. It's indoctrination disguised as pro programs like kindness initiatives or anti-bullying programs, anti-bullying or diversity projects. These are all Marxist style programs targeting <laughs> our children. Yeah. So listen, there there's a lot going on here and there's many, many, many layers. Now, at the most superficial level, if you've watched a Trump rally, it does kind of seem like Republicans are OK with bullying. I don't know that I would say pro bullying, maybe so, but they're at least OK with it. You know, Trump with get him the hell out of here. Trump saying to people in the crowd he'll pay their legal bills if they beat the crap out of protesters at the rallies, making fun of the disabled reporter. I mean, there's bullying of all sorts, never mind this entire like beta male type stuff that they subscribe to. So one part of it is they do seem to buy into this kind of strict father morality idea that getting knocked around a little bit, getting bullied, whatever, it builds character. It toughens you up. It makes people strong or whatever the case may be, rather than, you know, it can really kind of scar people for life and ruin their lives irreparably in some cases. So that that's one part of it, which is they actually do seem to sort of be OK with bullying to some degree. Number one, number two. This is part of the growing movement that empathy is bad. Empathy is not desirable. Empathy is uh, feminine in some way or beta or whatever. And that's been increasingly a part of Republican ideology for a long time. Facts don't care about your feelings is a popular line. Listen, things just are what they are. You got to call things what they are. You got to call a man a man no matter what you've got to call. You know, th these are the phrases that they love to use where empathy is a bad thing. Now. I don't know that they're unable to be empathetic because we do anecdotally hear about these stories where, you know, homophobic member of Congress for 20 years turns out they've got a lesbian daughter or, you know, a gay um, nephew or something like that. And all of a sudden they they change their view. So in those cases, we say it's really sad that it took something like that to get them to change their views, but they were at least able to. So maybe maybe it's not just about an inability to feel empathy. But then we have all of these studies about the differences between 
what end up being Republican brains or Democratic brains. And we see on the Republican side, larger fear centers, uh, less empathy, et cetera. Now, I think one of the things that can be deceptive about that is it's not about Republican and Democratic brains per se. It's more about who's more fear oriented, who's more anger oriented, who's more disgust oriented. They end up being on the political right, which in the United States pushes you towards the Republican Party. And if you consider that, maybe there is some kind of neurological or biological explanation here. But then the counterpoint to that is sometimes when they experience something themselves, their views do change. What I don't like is that this is all kind of a cover for the fact that they're mad that in some circles it's not seen as acceptable to openly bully people who are in some way different than the majority. It's not okay in some places anymore, thankfully, to openly bully LGBT people. A lot of them don't like that. Minorities, in many cases, they would still they they like the uh, uh, idea of the days where it was okay to more openly bully or poorly treat minorities. And, And now they're upset. It's considered woke that you can't do that anymore. That's at the crux of all of this stuff. And absent policy, because the Republican Party has given up on policy. When's the last time you heard a serious discussion involving Republicans about what tax rates should be? They don't they don't do it anymore. It's gone. They're just not doing it anymore. When is the last time they genuinely talked productively about uh, American foreign policy other than just criticizing Biden because he both didn't do enough and did too much by spending too much money when it comes to Ukraine? They don't even pretend to be about policy anymore. This new movement where this mom concerned mom spoke, it's them pretending to care about policy again, even though they clearly don't. And it's just about bemoaning the fact that they can't treat all the same people horribly that they used to treat horribly. Truly disgusting stuff. Hey, this is sort of uh, sort of exciting. The David Pakman show is now within striking distance of one point five million YouTube subscribers. Thank your lucky stars every day. You're not Dave Pakman. Well, hold on a second, because things are turning up. This is actually a really great thing for us. There are very few progressive YouTube channels like ours that are at the one point five million subscriber level. In fact, it's under four. Um, We are extraordinarily close to this milestone. And what we've started doing is putting together a sort of calendar of interesting things that will happen the sooner we achieve this goal. Now, if we do nothing, nothing at all, just like let subscribers climb naturally, we are slated to hit one point five million on November 4th. So we would make it before Election Day, which was originally my goal. But on a recent stream, I floated the question, well, what might we be able to do to get people interested in getting us there more quickly? And people have started to contact me saying, David, here's what I'm willing to do if you get to the goal by X date or by Y date. So we're I think this is actually going to be really, really fun. So if you have an idea of something you would like to contribute, if we move the date up, just email info at So let me give you some examples. 
if we move the date up from November 4th to October 21st and by move it up, it just means people subscribe. That's all it means. Just hit subscribe and it'll happen sooner. If we do it by October 21st, this is unbelievable. Our viewer Kurt has agreed to get a panoramic back tattoo of Mount Rushmore with five faces on it. This is the tattoo Biden, Obama, Clinton, FDR and my face. Now, I don't really know how I feel about someone getting my face tattooed on them. It's it's a little weird, to be perfectly frank, but it sounds interesting. And Kurt is willing to get that tattoo if we move the date up to October 21st. Okay, if we move it all the way up to October 5th, which, by the way, we're 5000 subscribers away, it's completely plausible that we do that. We could do that in two days if we if we really buckle down, if we make it to one point five million by October five and from Utah suggested that I buy or rent a unicycle and film myself riding it down the street. That's fine. I will do that. I will buy. I will find a unicycle one way or another. If we make it to one point five million by October five and I will ride it down the street. And then one of our viewers, uh, Prez, during our recent stream said, David, if you make it to one point five million by Yom Kippur, uh, one of the Jewish high holidays, which is October 4th, I should do the Yom Kippur fast. Now, as a, as a non-religious Jew, I have never done the fast. It's a, I believe it's a, a sunset to sunset fast. I'm willing to do it and I will live blog the fasting and how uh, how it is. OK, so that's if we make it by October 4th. Now, the way I'm doing it is because we don't want to just like have to pick one of these things. If we make it to one point five million by any of these dates, all of the things promised from that date on should happen. Right. So if we do it on October 4th, I will do the Yom Kippur fast and I will ride the unicycle and hopefully Kurt will get the panoramic back tattoo. Okay, so my request to you is two very simple things. One, subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's it. It's free. It costs you nothing. Just subscribe to the YouTube channel. And number two, if you're willing to do something with our calendar here. Oh, and uh, we're seeing the numbers shift in real time. If you're willing to add something to the calendar, email info at davidpackman.com. Let me know what it is and we will get it on the wackiness calendar. All right. Very, very good. We have a voicemail number. That number is two one nine two David P. Here is a really good question that many of you have written in with about the telepathic declassification of documents. Take a listen. Hey, David, enjoy the show. Hey, um, what would happen if Biden thought about reclassifying the documents? Right. Uh, he's the sitting president. He can do that, right? <laughs> Yeah, no, it's I get that it's a joke, but it's absolutely a real thing. If Trump can think about documents and declassify them, then Biden can think about documents and classify them. And thus it becomes completely uh, um, uh, indefeasible one way or the other, because no matter what, at any point, any document could be classified or declassified based on what the current president has thought about it's absurd. These people are nuts, guys. These people, the telepathic declassification. Give me a break. It's pathetic. We have a great bonus show for you today. Liz Cheney, Republican Congresswoman Liz Cheney, outgoing because she was defeated in her Republican primary in Wyoming. Liz Cheney says that if Trump is the nominee in 2024, she will leave the Republican Party and she will campaign for Democrats. What? Yes. We will discuss that on today's bonus show. Secondly, 80 percent of American voters 
want Congress to enact national paid family leave. And this is another one of these examples where we supposedly have the will of the people reflected in the elected officials that are voted on by the pop, the general public. And yet the general public is very far to the left of our elected officials. And this is another issue where that is the case. And thirdly, everything going terribly for Rudy Giuliani, who has now been ordered to pay his ex-wife $225,000 or face jail time. Rudy is claiming that as a result of all of this legal trouble in which he finds himself, he doesn't have the money. He says he's uh, increasingly without money. Is that even true? We don't know. We'll talk about it and more on today's bonus show. You can sign up at joinpacman.com to get instant access to the bonus show. We will see you then or otherwise right back here tomorrow. Michael Cohen scheduled to join us later this week about his new book. I do want to hear from him about some of these latest. You know what? When the pictures came out of Trump's Mar-a-Lago, I thought Michael Cohen would know what does Trump's office normally look like? Is it normally the mess that it appeared to be in the pictures? I have so many things to talk to him about. He has a super interesting new book. That'll be later this week. But for now, sign up at joinpathman.com and we'll see you back here on the podcast tomorrow.